So, um, welcome to the fourth episode of Fresh Meat, the Manifest podcast. Fresh Meat is the meeting of minds around the freshest topics in communications. I am your host, Julian Nabuba. Today, we're tackling a topic that is very close to my heart, diversity in PR and the creative industries. And to help us make sense of this fascinating, I guess, contentious and sometimes divisive topic, we've enlisted some heavy hitters (laughs) (laughs) in the form of of Elizabeth Bananuka. Am I am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it because it's actually phonetic and it always what it always frustrates me when people don't get it. Yeah. It's as it's written, so thank you. I mean I I, I get my short name butchered a lot, so um, yeah, I can relate. As can um, I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a PR consultant and founder of BME PR Pros, an initiative aimed at promoting BME diversity in PR and communications. And Trish Champaneri, am I getting that right? Yes, you are. All right. <laughs> Head of talent um, at MNC Sachi Sports and Entertainment. Yes. Uh, welcome, guys. Thank you. Awesome. So um, I think a good place to start. And I was thinking, how do I f- frame this topic? But I think a good place to start would be last year, last April. Um, and we all, I think, had a collective groan when we saw that Pepsi ad yeah. with, with Kendall Jenner. Was it Kyla Kendall? Kendall. Kendall. Um, where, you know, she hands a Pepsi mm. to to a policeman and, you know, solves racism and, and uh, police brutality. Um, and the hot takes um, over the next days and weeks were about, you know, a lack of diversity in the Pepsi creative mm. staff, mm-hmm. you know, is probably what led to such a, you know tone deaf ad and i wrote one of those one of those hot takes i think it was you know this is what a lack of, of diversity means mm. um but a part of me also felt that you know do you really need you know uh a person of color on, on the team you know to tell you that this is tone deaf so i was maybe not conflicted it's probably a too strong a term but a part of me felt like people just don't get it really um, so I guess that's a good place to start. Like, what is the case for diversity? Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, wh- whoever wants to pick that up, like, you know, yeah, wh- what's okay. your view? Uh, you- We've been really polite. Yeah. We are, aren't <laughs> we? Oh, okay. Paper, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I, I'll, I'll take it um, to start with. So I think, um, what is the case? I mean, well, firstly, just to tackle your point on, do you need representation within the creative team for the work to reflect those values and and I don't actually think that that's true I don't think you always do I think sometimes people can use a bit of common sense or people just have a different perception that was very clearly reflected you know from the ethos of whatever their creative team felt but that's one creative team in isolation I think there's lots of really good work happening um, that is much more inclusive um, and 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 not necessarily being made by people from sort of minority ethnic backgrounds, mm. for instance. So I, uh, that would be my response to that. But what is the case for diversity in PR? I think the case for me is super simple, mm. is that it, it's about the, how it's reflected into the work. How, you know, the work can only be representative if there are people with different points of view, different lived experiences coming to the table, putting forward those values and subsequently shaping people's perception of, you know, brands or the social, the state of society. Um, I think the case for continuing to 
I guess, campaign for greater equality and more diversity is that we have such a long way to go. And, you know, you don't necessarily need sort of statistics or things like that to make that case. You can just look around most rooms, you know, <laughs> most sort of award ceremonies, stick your head up, have a look around. There is There are issues there in terms of representation. Um, and, and so I, I guess that's my immediate response to, to your question. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd echo and agree with all of that. But I guess, I guess also, from my perspective, slight, from my perspective, I guess it's a slight difference. Um, you know, the case for diversity, I actually think, credit to you, because that's been made a million times. If we're still here, you know, God damn it, there's Google out there. Google it. <laughs> there have been reports for years. It's yeah. really sloppy and you're lazy if you're still asking this question. And I don't mean you, Julian. Yeah. I mean people in the sector. <laughs> yeah. But what I think, from my perspective, is that the sector has a diversity problem. And mm. that is the bigger thing for me. Right. It is a problem because we know, when I speak informally to agencies, there's a high turnover amongst BME staff. There is something wrong in your culture if the BME comes into the job but doesn't stick around, mm. is more likely to leave than their white counterparts. That's mm. something wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. I meet incredibly talented BMEs, left, right and centre, who struggle to get, in the, job, get, get the job and the opportunities. Mm. And this whole perception that the talent isn't there, the talent is there. Mm. I have a database of 300 BME talented people. I have met so many in the last year or so of doing this BME PR pros. They are there. But it's because of your recruitment practices. Mm-hmm. That's where the problem is. The problem is not ours. The problem is the sector and the industry. Right. And I think on the flip side, what also to me is extremely damning is that we work in a sector where Bell Pottinger happened. And for all the opinion pieces I read about ethics and all this kind of stuff, I didn't see a single opinion piece where someone turned around and said, I wonder what it must feel like to be black in a sector where a leading organisation designs a campaign stoking racial hatred mm-hmm. in a apartheid South Africa. Yeah. That's hardcore. Yeah. So when you're turning around, and I get it, disclaimer, there's a lot of good people uh, that worked at Bell Pottinger. Um, it sucks when people lose their jobs. Yeah. So I'm not broad stroking anyone, anyone here. Well, you know what I mean, brush stroke, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but that was problematic to me. How, how many industries? I've heard of Shell peddling some hideous stuff. Mm. Oil companies. I don't want to be <laughs> sued here, disclaimer. But we've heard of that. But yeah. this is a communication yeah. industry. Yeah. Yeah. How, and, the, and then on the other hand, they are still diversity champions. Yeah. That is problematic to me. It's problematic to me when Justin Tindall turns around and says, I am tired of diversity, of diversity um, stumping talent. Mm. Because then what you're tapping into, that whole thing of that, when you are a BME in a PR job, you're there because of luck. Yeah. You're there, you're not as good. You're yeah. tokenistic. Yeah. So that to me is the problem, yeah. is you have, we have a diversity problem. Right. No, no, that's that's interesting. I think there was something I was reading. I can't remember, but this was in publishing. Um, famous author, I can't remember her name, but she said um, she was tired of you know Penguin, the 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 the, the publisher, trying to get more um, black and ethnic minority writers. You know, but the underlying message was they're not good enough. Absolutely, they're, they're not getting there on, on, on merit. Lionel Shriver, yeah, Lionel Shriver, yes, from, yes. We need to talk about Kevin. Yes, I yeah. saw this. Absolutely, yeah, and it's it's incredibly disappointing that that's the kind of conversation we're having. It is that you know, as soon as you see a black person walk into the room, there might be some people that have the question mark, like, oh, did you get here? Absolutely, on, on merit. The assumption that diversity, is, well that diversity doesn't raise the bar, you know, and and I think that we all, you know, well, certainly us Mm. in this room, recognise that actually diversity 
does raise the bar. It yeah, does absolutely. contribute to a better overall output and just a better way to, you know, run a business, a better absolutely. way to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and... Oh, sorry, no, no, no. Sorry, so I, my, me interrupting, me interrupting. But no, I complete, completely agree. And it's it's interesting. With I mean, two things I'll, I'd add with the the Lionel Shriver and and the, the tokenism of, mm-hmm. of being a BME. What's interesting for me since I've done BME PR pros is I am so conscious of the prejudice I experience, and it's not what I expected. I'm not talking about prejudice from people that want to say negative views about BMEs, but it's how they respond to me. Mm. So I get constantly asked, but how did you do this? Mm. Well, I've been in comms for 12 years, but how did, you know, PR Week did the mentoring scheme? No, I got PR Week involved. Well, how did you design this constant question? Mm. Because still, no one can quite grasp, constantly. Or the amount of people say to me, well done you. And these are from well-meaning people. Or someone even said to me, you know, but I've never heard of you because you've never been a 30 under 30. You've never done this. And yeah, you're right, because that's what they think. You don't see me in PR week, so God forbid I could have done this. And PR Pro is more than anything else is a communication campaign, you know. And it's interesting that people still can't believe I can communicate. Yeah. So I guess if we look at this as a systemic issue, and it is, um, it, it seems to me we, we're at a point where over the last sort of two, three years in PR, I felt that the the word, at least, or the term diversity has been bandied around. It's sort of like the hot term yeah. of, of the moment. But it doesn't seem to me that much is being done to actually move things forward. So it's as though they just describe one person in, a, in, a, in an agency and say, you know, yeah. you deal with this issue and then just, you know, promote it like, hey, we're doing something about it, but actually nothing has been done. So what can agencies do to actually, actually sort of ingrain the importance of diversity within the entire agency and actually take things forward in, 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 a, in an active and an accountable manner? Yeah, and so it's interesting that you identify that time period, sort of two to three years. Sorry, sorry. Hello. It's interesting that you identify that time period, two to three years, because um, actually, so as at MNC Saatchi Sport and Entertainment, I sit on the Group Diversity Committee. I help head up our um, BAME network, and I have a real issue with that term, actually. So we've renamed the network MNC Saatchi Heritage. And I also um, am on the Women's Committee as well. And... Um, all I can say is that for sure, and this is not underestimating the enormity of the problem, uh, I'm well aware of it, which is why I'm so sort of, I guess, interested and committed to mm. contributing to a, a more positive you know, state of play. Um, but I, th- I think that in terms of what agencies can do, there is so much that they can do and that there is so much, like, I'm really pleased to say that I'm involved in some really great work that is being done and we're starting to see already in the short term the impact that is happening uh, that is having in company culture Mm. in the types of discussions that we are having and so I think the first thing um, really that we did and the first thing that I think is necessary is establishing the current cultural climate that you have how do people within the organization feel at the moment and you need to be brave really and you need to be prepared to receive answers that you know aren't ideal that you're not going to want to know about how people feel you know if they are part of a minority and they work in your company and that exercise has fueled so much sort of 
um, positive change and um, so many initiatives that, are, you know, it, it's already proving its worth, the fact that we have gone through that process as an, as an individual agency and as a wider group. And so I think that uh, the, the lessons that I would, you know, encourage other agencies to take on board is, um, firstly, just providing platforms where people can share stories. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, uh, the more that, because I have conversations about diversity every single day, multiple times a day with different people. And um, what started as, because, you know, as a black woman, uh, a black woman? As a black woman, maybe I'm <laughs> Maybe that's my alter ego. <laughs> my repressed By inner black woman. Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, I wish. I wish. Um, no, you know, as a, a British Asian woman in this industry, you know, I, I obviously have my lived experience that I bring to this issue or to these sets of issues. But the more discussions that we're having, actually the subject of intersectionality is where the meat is. Absolutely. Actually the idea that we need to think about diversity in its full breadth. If we're going to do this, let's do it properly, right? Mm. So that is not just ethnic minority backgrounds. It is not just women in senior positions. It is not just LGBT+. It is neurodiversity, learning difficulties, disabilities, Mm. um, age. We have a really, you know, we are a young industry, um, all sorts of things. And I think that as long as the intention is to bring together the best people in terms of their sort of skill set and and their interest within the industry um, from all different backgrounds. That will only serve to, A, like I say, uh, establish and foster a much more inclusive working cultural climate, but it will be better for the work, for the output. Like, we're already seeing that. And and it's really encouraging. And um, I think that, yeah, I would just encourage every agency to have uh, to be brave and to do the same it's not comfortable it is not easy okay. but it's 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 necessary yeah. otherwise you're going to get, get left behind yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and, I, and i think it's important as you said to, to sort of lean into the uncomfortable um because yeah. i think a, lo- a lot of the times i feel when when we have a discussion on diversity or when we have a, a, a discussion on race in general and not just in the uk but in, in the us as well um there's often a discomfort because people don't understand the state of play yes. um, and they don't understand the state of play because we don't talk about it enough and so one thing we we did at Manifest was we actually had sort of an open discussion where everyone came together you know we had we had we had refreshments and we just talked about diversity and everybody could ask any question they wanted there was no judgment so you know because they're I guess contentious things like affirmative action you know mm. so you might not understand it, you might not agree with it, you might want to know more about it, but if you feel like you're being judged for even asking a question, if, if you feel like you're being judged for not knowing, then, yeah, you know, yeah. we're not going to move forward. So I, I encouraged everybody to just ask and, and research, you know, Absolutely. empower yourself with the knowledge, Absolutely. but don't feel like like there's a, a culture of, you're not supposed to say that. Because as soon as that culture is ingrained yeah. nothing moves forward Absolutely. because because then it becomes a point where diversity is oh you know that's that person's Absolutely. job you know and then at the end of the year they report oh yeah you know we did two talks on diversity and like yeah we've done it Absolutely. but if there's if it's not seeped in the yeah. culture nothing is ever going to change Completely. Yeah. i mean i think i think for me what what i i find really frustrating and why i'm quite blunt and direct about 
you know, diversity issues and race issues. And, you know, I'm really grateful. I'm a freelancer and I deliberately decided um, one of the things I wanted to do as soon as I became freelance was get into this diversity space and be quite unfiltered about it. And it's okay because I don't have, I I have, you know, no organisation owning me. I can say what I want and I'm here just to root for talented BMEPR pros. My mission, as far as I'm concerned, is to make sure the incredible mentees and mentors on our website, whether it's Toby, whether it's wonderful Tommy, they get the careers they deserve and the industry gets gets to benefit from their talent. And if mm. that means I can be the person that talks quite uncensored, and that's important to me. Um, but what I find ridiculous is the benchmark is so low for diversity initiatives in our sector, right. and it's embarrassingly low. I think that I am shocked by people working in diversity that are uncomfortable talking about race. I am mm. shocked by people that work in diversity that don't understand there's a BME pay gap. How do you not know this if mm. I know this? I am shocked by how many constant excuses I hear why people can't diversify. I'm shocked by people get diversity awards just because what they've given a lecture to a couple of kids from Lewisham. That <laughs> means you're changing lives for real. Um, it's boring and it's tedious. Yeah. And there's a, the other thing that I think is incredible. I'm, you know, on LinkedIn like everyone else. And you can't, you know, blink, scroll for a second on my time now without hearing an agency that's won yet another award for an incredible bit of creative work. Here's a thing. How can you be running in a diversity initiative for 10 years and you've gained what you've gained traction by one member of staff who stayed for six weeks? Mm. If you went back to your client and said, we've been doing exactly the same thing for 10 years and this is a difference we haven't been able to make, how would they keep you on? Yeah. Why don't you take that cre- creativity that gets you a can lion, that gets you agency of the year and apply it to diversity? It's yeah. really simple. You do the same thing, you get the same results. Yeah. Here's an idea. Start doing something different yeah. and up the game. Like you said, push the envelope. Start having those uncomfortable discussions mm. and also start Stop talking about conscious and unconscious bias. Let's just talk about our prejudice. We would all, how many of us, hand on heart, you know, would, how many agencies, you know, if I brought in five blonde girls wearing duster jackets and van trainers who love LCD sound system, I've pretty much described myself except for the blonde hair. (laughs) And, And I said, you know, here's your fashion stylist. And I also brought in Mona from, from Harmslow, who's wearing a hijab, and she also wants to be a fashion stylist, PR person, you know, fashion PR person. Mm. Let's be honest. We've all decided this is what a fashion PR must look like, yeah. you know. And let's just own that. Yeah. And it's not just about the BME thing. We've all decided that to be quite crass, you've got to be a penis to run a company. Mm. You've got to be white to be a PR consultant. This mm. is it. These are our own things that we've set up. Stop the unconscious bias and let's start challenging those things. And I think actually that lends itself quite nicely to the issue around sort of how you find the talent within the industry yeah, and, and recruitment yeah. and the pipeline. Yeah. And um, and I have to say, you know, I have interviewed hundreds of people, um, you know, and I, for instance, it occurred to me recently, I've never actually interviewed a disabled person. Why is that? Mm. And, I, I, and you know, you can wait for them to come to you or you can go out there and start looking for yeah. them. And so, and how do you actually do that? You know, when you're an agency and when you're busy and when your priority is servicing your clients, really, how do you then start thinking about, okay, we now need to engage with different communities where, you know, look Absolutely. around, what are we missing? What are we missing within Absolutely. our company? Here, here. And, or exactly. And you're I think... so right. But it's, it, I think the reason that people don't do it is because... Honestly, 
the time and that's the that's an excuse so start finding the time is the answer but um and and also um something that we're doing and i know that manifest does as well is look for Mm. for talent in different ways let them you know qualify the value that they could potentially bring in another way like you know why are we still having cvs as the entry point of (laughs) of an application process you know what about a piece of content as a submission or a a different type of assessment i don't know you know Uh, it is something that we are currently exploring uh, in my company. But um, it, it's about recognising what you're missing, I think, first and foremost. And, I agree. And, and looking for that. I agree. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm so glad you've just said that because what I find amazing is that, you know, the BME PR pro stuff, I've done it, as I said before, I do it unfunded, I do it alone, I do it solo, I pay for the website myself. I, um, like I said to you today, Julian, I woke up at five o'clock in the morning today to work on it till eight o'clock in the morning. Um, a few weeks ago, I worked every day till three in the morning and then had about four hours sleep and did 12 hours on the Saturday and Sunday. And it's interesting because... You know, I go into agencies, when you, you look at the website, and I pay £130, £140 a month for it, right? You look at, you, I go to agencies who spend that for croissants on a Monday. Mm. I go to agencies, <laughs> it's true, I go to agencies that spend that on, on croissants on Monday. I go to agencies that are full of social media experts and content creators. Apparently, you know... <laughs> Just to let you know, my website's now had 75,000 hits and all done by itself. Apparently, all these guys and these big agencies are meant to be able to do what I was able to do. But they haven't done it. So why not? And the the amount of times I get people saying to me, well, you've got this database. Can we have access to it? Hell no. You've got (laughs) HR people. Why are they getting bonuses? I'm not. Really? You want to screw over the black guy in diversity project? (laughs) You might want to censor that. Um, But but it's surprising because all it is is that, you know, it's it's looking at your own prejudice. I I hear so many people say, well, hold on. We can't just headhunt a BME. Why not? We work in a sector that's constantly headhunting straight white men. Disclaimer, I have straight white men that are best friends. <laughs> but but it's interesting, you know. Yeah. I've I've seen agencies, you must have agency experience to do this. Then I'll meet someone. Oh, how did you get a job in this agency? Oh, I was a political advisor. Oh, so you don't have agency experience. Yeah. Oh, but now you're senior account director. Yeah. You've never managed accounts. So how were you helicoptered into this role? Exactly. And yeah. why can't yeah. others be done? Yeah. And, and I think the, other, the last thing I'd, I'd also add is that it really is just so important. Whenever I talk about these things, why must we perpetuate this myth you have to look a certain way to do this job that is a myth we keep on pushing change it and you'll see talent in a completely different way and you know I'm very fortunate throughout my network I see amazing talent BME and non-BME again I also by the way ironically hate that term but that's another session (laughs) who who do incredible work with content you know you look at you know all the press coverage around the Met Gala this is content that's been driven from Instagram to the Financial Times you know there are young people that have been born in the creative industries i've been knowing how to filter knowing how to do all these exactly. things these are skills that, as far as i'm concerned modern agencies embrace there's a huge difference when i go into an agency of the future they recognize creative content yeah. you can even see how they interact on instagram mm. i by the way love the manifest london stuff but this is also what good global brands want yeah. a global brand is not going to say to you can you do something different in financial times than you would ever do on this it's yeah. consistency you yeah. know um so yes look different yeah no yeah. look for difference exactly yeah. and I, I think I think it's down to, you know, values. You know, if you don't value 
diversity, if you don't value the importance of thinking differently, you know, if you don't value the importance of pushing the the, the envelope, then you're you're always just going to perpetuate the same thing. Yeah. You know, so if you don't think a um, a creative can look a certain way, you're just going to keep on hiring the same type of people. Yeah. You know, and you're going to you know bringing them to your your clients who expect yeah. to always see the same kind of people. So, so the minute you want to, you know, shift tack and do something different, they're going to be like, well, you know, yeah. this doesn't compute. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it, it goes back. I think we're, 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 we're really saying, you know, there is, everyone knows, oh, diversity is important, but no one knows why. Yes. You know, and, and, and I think that's what we really need to, to hammer home, you know. And can it, I it, say, oh, also, yeah. let me chip in. When you go again. It's all got interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's, it's interesting because for me, the other thing to unpick it, I, I, I feel like, you know, there's a, there's a thesis I could write about all this diversity stuff and, yeah. and perceptions and awareness over like the last few years, especially of doing this, because some of it is also about a lack of respect for certain audiences. Mm. So it's almost like it hasn't occurred that there are sections that exist, subcultures. And it's quite interesting. You look at what happened with Rihanna and Fenty, the beauty brand, and the opinion pieces. The BBC even had a piece. How is Rihanna's beauty brand selling out? What has she done that's different? (laughs) It's really simple. From the beginning, she said you counted, regardless of who you are. And isn't it funny that I, who cannot apply makeup, I know I'm looking like Crayola. (laughs) I swear to God, I avoid it. But as soon as I saw Rihanna, I was just like... I want to buy that. Yeah. Isn't it interesting when you value a black woman as a consumer, yeah. as someone to target in your comms, yeah. they may, like white women, spend money on makeup they don't need. And, you know, if you look at, again, things like the incredible evolution of Teen Vogue, going from a publication that was about, you know, girls horse riding to interviewing Willow Smith and other young, you know, talented people and asking about Black Lives Matters, mm. sales went up. You look at British Vogue mm-hmm. and what Edward has done mm-hmm. and his incredible team, mm-hmm. sales have gone up. Yeah. And they haven't excluded. What they've done is they've gained. Yeah. And that's the thing. People, you know, but if you don't start even thinking as your comms teams, if you are... 10 people look exactly the same. Maybe it hasn't occurred to you that you're missing a trick over there. There's a consumer there. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, talented people, you don't go on ASOS and think this is tokenistic. It just looks like London. You don't see a Chinese guy on an Uber advert and think that's tokenistic. It looks like our city and what you expect in a multicultural city. Yeah, Yeah, you were going to add to that? Yeah, I can't remember what I was going to (laughs) say. But you've made me think about something else. And and, um, this... um, yeah, I think the key here is is visibility. Mm-hmm. You know, a visibility of... Uh, um, it makes me think of something that happened a couple of years ago where I saw an advert. It was a Nike advert made by an agency in India. And actually, just really briefly, the advert was just loads of brown girls kicking ass at everything. You know, football, cricket, all sorts of sports, boxing... Um, and, and Olympic sports, everything. And it really affected me. It really affected me in such a way I had to share it within the agency. I got everyone talking about it. Um, and it occurred to me I'd never seen that. I'd oh. never seen a brown girl. And, it, and it, it knocked the wind out of me. And I think that, you know, I didn't know that I needed to see that. Yeah. And I think that it is about you can't be what you can't see, you know, that, that well sort of peddled phrase now but um and i think that that is something that agencies and well any organization can take as a lesson Mm. is that obviously it's about pipeline getting the talent in but promotion and visibility of senior people from not just 
BAME backgrounds, yeah. but, you know, women, the LGBT community, yeah. people with learning difficulties at board level. You know, we need to start creating mm. um, uh, opportunities for them to get into these places so that people within the company can see that actually what we value is your talent and your contribution. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, so, again, so glad you've said that because the thing to me about BME PR pros is... Bizarrely enough, it's something something I didn't want to set up, if that makes sense. And I spent quite a few years trying to collaborate with so many organisations, emailing lots of people, um, tr- trying desperately to, to do something. And it was just through frustration of getting the door slammed in my face that always was almost like, you know what, you know, I was going to swear, but I'm not <laughs> going to. But it's just like, I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. I'm going to do it myself. And I think I've also worked in, in the charity sector. I've worked on diversity projects. And again, I have to say, you know, this is a, another conversation, but I hate the word diversity. I know the irony. I also hate BME, <laughs> but, you know, I went for the Ron Seal approach of websites. Um, but the thing for me is that the challenge I feel is a lot of these diversity initiatives, which are focused on getting someone a job, have failed. And the reason why they can fail is because you can get a job, but actually aspirations is more important. So my whole thing is that I get, like you've just said about that Nike advert, I am inundated on a quiet week, I I can get five emails, on a busy week up to 300. And the tone is constantly the same. Wow, those people look cool. Wow. Mm. You know, Adrian is cool. It's not, he's not cool because he's a British-born Chinese. He's just cool. Dao just cool. You're cool. You know, this is, it's aspiration. And what I get all the time is, I didn't realise I could be an industry yeah. boss. I didn't realise I could be an MD. I yeah. didn't realise I could be Avril. Yeah. And that's the difference. It's almost to me like the, the, like, you know, the story of the four-minute mile. It took years for someone to crack it. Yeah. Then the year after he did it, you know, 1,000 did it. A yeah. couple of years, 5,000 did it. It's almost like, actually, it doesn't matter if I can get the job, if the perception is I can't crack it, that's when demoralisation comes in. Mm. You want people to think, no matter how hard it potentially is today, yeah. no matter how difficult the brief of the challenge is, one day I could be like Daljit, yeah. one day I could be like Avril Lee, one day I could be like Ronke. And that yeah. was the whole point of my website, yeah. is I wanted everything to be aspirational. There is not a single word, I do not use the word help on my website, it's not into that. I'm not here to help BMEs. I'm here to support, I'm here to empower, I'm here to celebrate, I'm here to connect. That's what I want. If you do a diverse initiative and you start from the page of I am helping, then you have no room in the space because what you're doing is really problematic yeah, to me. It's tokenistic. It, it's tokenistic. It screams of inequality. Yeah. You know, why don't you just go off and do a band-aid record for us so we can, you know, <laughs> or do, could someone sponsor me to have my first job in PR? Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I might edit that later. But it's important and it does nothing. I once, you know, I met with a, a, a BME person because I get loads of emails from BMEs this is the things I'm going through. Can we meet for coffee? I get a lot of that. And obviously, there's only so much I can do. So sometimes I do these Skype sessions. Sometimes I, you know, meet up. And he had got a job on a diversity initiative. And, you know, that horrible stigma of constantly, I never maybe could have made it without that. Yeah. It's a hard place to start your career. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it means that, Every promotion is the sense that you were given a step up. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean that, you know, diversity initiative can't get someone work, but you have to be really careful how it's phrased, how you work with people. Yeah. 
And I think the last thing I'd also say is a lot of these, you know, there are so many diversity initiatives that also have such a narrow view of what BME is. If you go and look mm. at my mentors, I got inundated with people. Why wasn't I a mentor? Why wasn't I this? Because if you look at my mentors, I have first and second generation immigrants. I have practicing, non practicing. I have parents. I have non parents. Because they are diverse amongst themselves. Mm. They are not 15 black yeah. African women like myself. Mm-hmm. It was important yeah, to not stigmatize. Well, we're not a monolith. We're not, exactly. And a lot of these, there are so many diversity initiatives, as I said, because I ripped off someone else's quote, that wants us all to be Carlton. I want to be the fresh prince. <laughs> Why can't, do you know what I mean? I want to be Julian. But that, it, 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 it is about that. And you, so you'd see like, because, you know, because, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's a, a white guy can be a mockney. That's okay. But mm. God forbid you're a BME on a diversity initiative scheme and you don't rock up in a three piece suit. Do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> 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 and a briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Because it's, we're not, we're not given the, the space yes. to be our, our, yes. our true selves. Yes. You know, because th- th- there's an idea of, yes. all right, you know, we've just cracked the door open for you yes. you know so you need to fit this mold absolutely. and then if you want if you want to really express yourself they're like oh absolutely. hold up hold up, hold up. There's, no, there's no space absolutely. for that absolutely you know so can, it, yes. it's it, there's so much so much pressure so many microaggressions that we have to sort of deal with yes. because we know that we are you know unfairly representing a absolutely. larger story um, yeah. and, and and that that can be a positive but it can also be a huge burden because <laughs> you know a, a white guy gets to go to work and just be himself and, and represent Absolutely. himself, his individual story. Absolutely. You know, but if if, if you're, you're not, you're, sorry, if, if you feel like, you know, you don't belong in this space yep. or you're, you're being helped, yep. you know, suddenly you're, you know. Absolutely. It, it's, Absolutely. It's you and everybody who may come Absolutely. behind you. And I think, sorry, I was going to say, and that is why I think that as agencies in this space, mm. you have an obligation as an employer to, um, as provide a platform for the sharing of like like manifested or like we're trying to do in many different ways like you know you you have to facilitate the exchange of different different experiences yeah. in in whatever way that is so um whether that is coming together and having a conversation or having a panel event for instance where there's a common issue you know um something that we're talking about is actually what it's what what is it like to be a parent in this industry right. and actually uh, it's very different for a gay person for a single person Absolutely. for a black person for, you know it, that we have different things but the common issue is you know being a parent and struggling to make that work in in the world of you know, the industry. And so when you start facilitating discussions about that and you sort of level the field, you know, Mm. everybody has a point of view and Mm. a valuable story to bring. And um, also, again, you you mentioned sort of agencies that are um, communicating on Instagram and Mm. things like that, like profiling your talent, not in a way that's going to make them attractive to headhunters or whatever, but, you know, sharing narratives. And that is how you start to slowly break down the um, the the problem with you know people from minority backgrounds not being able to bring them full se- their full yeah. selves to work because you know what everyone's doing absolutely it. and I th- and I think this is you know actually I'll, I'll say a disclaimer in a moment I have many disclaimers <laughs> um, but I will I will say it's interesting because. You know, I, I have to say, I mean, I, I need to give a shout out because I've been really, really fortunate in the sense that doing this for all the kind of don't swear nonsense I come across and, and nasty stuff and horrible stuff. There's also some incredible stuff, right. and I have had been so fortunate. The mentors, the mentees, friends I've met along the way, friends I've made. This incredible 
amount of support and generosity, but also from incredible Numbiamis. I mean, you know, I will always absolutely adore Colin Byrne. Years ago, I asked for a room at Weber to do a BME meeting. He gave it to me. Didn't think I'd see him. He then hung around and he said, look, I want to take you out for lunch and hear more about BME stuff. I went there completely uncensored. I did swear many, many times. <laughs> you know me. And you know what? He was like, cool, like this interested he got it he didn't I didn't have to go and be a certain person I was like this is what's important to me I want to be a black person that works and says I am bothered by black lives matters I support this I am I want to talk about these kind I don't want to be muted I want to bring everything that I am into the workplace and you know Colin got that and then only person that's done this where he's just been like right okay what can we do and I hope I'm not being indiscreet but I hope and I hope Weber's called me saying this but this is about a year ago turned around and said, OK, you know what, I want you to do, to, do a, to do a workshop. So I did a workshop, all the BME staff at Weber, just the BME, because I said to him, you know what, you want to sort it out, start with the BMEs in your workplace, have a conversation with the BME, let mm-hmm. them write down where things are wrong, where things are right, just have no white person in the room. He said, do it. Only person's asked to meet me, to work, to find out about the BME stuff, but actually paid me. Mm. I get a lot of people who want to do stuff for free. Lots, lots, of, lots yeah. of people, lots of people. And I try to say to them, I'm a freelancer man. Yeah. So half oh. a day spent there is money I lose. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they're, like, exactly. they're like exposure. Exactly. <laughs> like, exposure ain't paying no bills. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you know my website's had 75,000 hits. I don't think I need it. But, <laughs> but no, but, I'm, but you know, Colin, only one that turned around and said, Weber, you know what, we'll do, we'll pay for you to do this. They did the workshop, followed up with a series of initiatives. But then also afterwards, what I loved is Colin and Rachel went back into the room, Rachel friend, and turned around and said, now you tell us what you think. And you know what? People were honest, people were blunt, and you know what? They didn't interrupt. Mm. And I always so you know, there are incredible people. Mary Wenham, former president of the Women in PR, supported me, retweeted me. You know, when you're working on your own yeah. and you suddenly tweet yeah. something, every retweet is someone supporting <laughs> you. You true. know what I mean? It's so yeah. important. Or there are so many people, and I'm going to unveil a page on the website in a few weeks' time that's going to be of some incredible um, non-BME champions who I believe have done do good work who yeah. I've been watching and I've been checking do they do like this really important yeah, stuff yeah. but if you come down to the problem I think sometimes is it's down to lower levels of management it's down to the problems at entry levels yeah. we have so many agencies that do not have strong enough HR departments you know when I first entered PR at the grand old age of 30 I was shocked that you could find someone who's fresh out of university, managing team of five and an account director. And if you put that in an agency where there's no strong HR structure, then how are they to learn? Second issue is, and yeah, trying to get those values to go all the way down. We work in organisations where sometimes value, was it money and income that you can generate, client relationships can be more important than how you are as a person. We all know, we all know at least one person in an agency where we all know nightmare as soon as they lost the client they were quick to sack him yeah. but when when he was keeping the client happy it's all right he can be a freak that's like, we'll just tolerate him <laughs> so we all know that but if you're a psycho racist sexist freak doesn't matter he's bringing in the income the client likes him that can be problematic and i'll say the last thing sorry that i think is a massive obstacle as well is recruitment consultants you know yeah. i keep getting so many times i hear from agencies we want bmes to apply for jobs but they're not applying and then you know what i'm going to turn around and say if you never respond to my cv why should i bother because the perception is agencies don't get back to bmes so why should we bother a lot of recruiters don't get back to bmes why should we bother you know i was shocked when i had a conversation about recruitment consultants with a good friend of mine and she listed some of the big ones in the sector and they've always 
all got back to her. And it's bizarre. You can turn around and say, well, Elizabeth, that's because you're crap. But isn't it funny that when I went freelance and my job is all about getting the results and I'm not hiding anywhere, I've had more than 30 clients in three years gone a week without business in that three years. Mm. And yet, ironically, when it comes to applying through jobs, mm. through traditional structures, mm. I never hear from anyone. Yeah. So, and, you know, you yeah. could turn around and say it's just me, but I keep seeing all it's, this it's, talent it, yeah. that's hitting, it's, especially it's, when you're a woman as well, and a BME, yeah. we get the double glass ceiling. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's, it's experiments have been done in, in the UK yeah. and, uh, and the US that, that have found, you know, as soon as you have a, 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 a visible African-American name in the US or an African name here, you know, there's barriers. Exactly. You know, yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's, exactly. it's, it's definitely, there's definitely something we need to, Tackle and, and, and unpick in the, I, in the recruitment side of completely, of and, and I think that I'm so glad again that you mentioned Trish um, intersectionality because yeah. I'm so conscious of my privilege. I'm conscious that I have met you know our you know brown brothers and sisters out there that have got thick accents. You know I yeah. feel for them. It's true. You know what? This is a very unforgiving sector to be. You know an African guy with a thick African accent. We all know it's okay if you've got a thick Italian accent because everyone thinks that accent is sexy. Yeah. But you know the African accent is a comedy one. You know yeah. I I met even regional accents. Even regional you know, accents. Like... I met I met an Indian girl, incredibly competent. This woman was just. I mean she bowled me over. And she started having elocution lessons to try to get rid of her Indian accent. Mm. So even though she's brilliant, but because she felt shame and she'd ha- heard some people make fun of it, including a client. It's you know, such a beautiful it, accent as it, well. It, though, is. Isn't it? So it is. It's a real shame. It is. But, but, but that kind of thing, you're so aware. Elizabeth, I'm yeah. lucky because I did a master's LSE that people find attractive. I'm lucky that I have this accent that people think is palatable. I'm lucky that my first name is Elizabeth and you're not quite sure what Bananuka is. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You recognise your own thing. Yeah. You know? sure. yeah. Um, and I think a lot of what you were talking about before ties into what Jules said about values, values of an organisation. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think it's um, about letting individuals within this industry know that you do have a choice. You know, don't stay working for a company that... whose values don't agree with your own. Like there is that, you know, feel empowered that actually talent is sought after in this industry. Good talent is very, very valuable. Mm. And so if your employer um, is not accepting, you know, you in your entirety as you wish to be, then move, find it, you know, send your CV to me or to Manifest or to anywhere. Um, And and, and also that that thing of... um, you know, working with recruiters. So I have gone out to recruiters and said, you know, we do not want to see the same cookie-cutter candidates. It is really important to us that we start to... And again, that topic of intersectionality. I don't want just... Don't just go out and find me the token black person now. Like, find me interesting people that are qualified for the job. I agree. uh, uh, Across any level of diversity. And I think... But I think, again, this is where it's such a challenge with... And I, I do, to a certain extent, have an empathy for 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 recruitment consultants where if you are you know especially commission based you're you're trying to be really quick you want to get a quick result you know how many are going to turn around and say you know what i want to go for the one that doesn't look like everyone else in that agency and don't get me wrong it's not excusable but it does mean that sometimes you know i have met people that that are you know individual talent hunters they say the same thing you know i really want this i want diversity blah blah or directors of recruitment Mm. consultants and i'm like but you know what (laughs) bob when i contact 
shouted at him. This is how they treated me. Yeah. It's it's also quite interesting how um you know I <laughs> the amount of times I've been told oh you know this agency values diversity and then the experiences I then heard yeah. from BMEs. It's yeah. one of the reasons I've I've refused to take corporate sponsorship from the website. I work with people and I want to get to know them first because I I want to maintain some integrity. Yeah. But I remember when I first started um, when we relaunched in January, twenty three organisations contacted me in two days, basically saying. I want to give you money. I want to own this, blah, blah, blah. And one of them was an organisation where I was like, you know what, I've heard the experience your BMEs have. You know, why are you contacting me when eight of them left left just, you know, recently? Why aren't you thinking what's Mm. going on there? Mm. And also, if you have BMEs in your workplace, why are you asking me what you should do to change? Surely start with them. Yeah. 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 And I think that actually, so... You know, we've talked about pipeline, we've talked about visibility at senior levels. Really, if there's one thing that you're going to do, it is tackle your existing cultural climate or not tackle. But, you know, um, it can't be hollow. It has to be authentic. And you're absolutely right. That does start with the climate of the organisation of the team that you have already. And, and you know, there are some things that um, we're doing, and I know this is true of Manifest as well, that, you know, you could... PR it and it would be great you know great for your reputation but we don't want to do that because it has to sit well and and also you know it has to it it, it has to live and breathe it has to be part of the fabric and actually if you it's the hardest bit to do properly but if you do that the rest is so much simpler you know and I think I think it's interesting because one of the things about the the whole diversity thing pardon me clearing my voice one thing that I think is also really interesting is that we know in this country the majority of agencies are based in London. Um, and this is, and yet I think the last figures in PR Week was 91% of the sector is white. Yeah. And here's the thing, I want to call it, about this whole diversity thing, you know when you turn around and said, what's the case for it? I want to call it, I think you're weird if you don't think it's weird how undiverse our sector is. Totally. How, how, do, you, how do you have a flat in Dalston... <laughs> You get a tube, you go to, you go to, you know, um, what's it, field day. You listened to Childish Gambino. You, and then you step into your agency and it looks like Mallory Towers. <laughs> and you're not thinking, what's just happened here? Yeah. How do you not think this is weird? And it's more stranger in an agency, whereas when the majority of staff are consultants, right? If you're an in-house comms team, for example, when I worked in a healthcare organisation, it meant that amongst the doctors and nurses, there was a lot of diversity. You know, and even that is weird. You go to an NHS hospital, and ironic when a job is just such a, about such a black and white skill, pun intended, um, you know, the workshop is di- the workplace is diverse. Yeah. So you've got doctors and nurses from everywhere. Yeah. But then you go into a comms team, and it's all white. Mm. What, are we, what have we said here? I, I remember someone saying to me, the thing with BMEs is just that they really struggle with writing. And I was like, <laughs> oh I was like and I was oh like, God. and I was like, well, you know, Salman Rushdie and Zadie Smith did okay, <laughs> but okay. And it's just like, it's, 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 this, it's these weird perceptions. Yeah. Why aren't you, when you walk into your agency, and I, and I have to say, with the people that we're going to profile on my website, these non-BMEs are incredible. You know, shout out to Mark Perkins from W Communications, creative director. He's like, I think our sector's weird. You know, you just have to be normal to live in London, get off a tube and then have this dramatic change before between where you get your lunch and where you sit at your desk to not think, what have we done here? What are we peddling? Because this is weird. Yeah. Also, something that it lends itself nicely to is the issue of 
socioeconomic diversity as mm. well. And I think that, and that really is a tricky one to yes. tackle because, you know, as agencies based in the centre of London, it, it is expensive. It's an expensive lifestyle to work at an agency, yeah. ironically. And whilst, yes, it is, a, you know, it's a multicultural city. And so that, that only, you know, that only yeah. goes so far in explaining that. Yeah. We need to acknowledge that there is that, if we're going to talk about intersectionality, yeah, you have to address that totally. Yeah. And 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 then I think, unfortunately, you actually do address issues of the BAME community yeah. when you start tackling that socioeconomic Absolutely. piece. Absolutely, because yeah. there is that interesting point that that you know when about how okay when you talk about diversity, okay, how about working class? We know, like you know. Black men are overrepresented in unemployment, mm. you know, um, the, the failings around education and all these kind of stuff. We all, we've all seen the Oxbridge debate. And again, that's the, that's the thing that I find really quite problematic. It's, it's, it's you know, the, I feel that when I do this diversity work, I can tell quite quickly what kind of agency you are. And I, mm. and I put it into two brackets, agency of the past or agency of the future. Right. Because, yeah. because actually, you know, what, what, what something like Bell Pottinger has show, shown you is that it's not enough to be Oxford educated. There is something else out there. Do you know what I mean? It, it's it, not even desirable anymore, it's, actually. It's not, <laughs> exactly. It really isn't. And and especially, you know, I love the whole thing, you know, with the empowerment in black Twitter. You know, even if you watched all the stuff that happened with H&M Monkeygate, yeah. how, how, how dis, you know, dismissive they were with initially with, with the negative feedback. Yeah. But then three days later, we've now hired a director of inclusion. <laughs> yeah. You should have known oh. that. <laughs> a couple of weeks later. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Honestly, it's I been, blabbered on. This has, been, this has been a fascinating, fascinating conversation. I'm sure we're going to have part two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Uh, I think um, I was sort of jotting down notes, I guess, um, how to conclude what is yeah. a very broad and wide-ranging conversation. But I think it's important, first of all, for for an agency to understand the problem. I think that that's the, yes. they don't understand the problem. They just yep. say, oh, I hear solutions are around. Let's have a solution Absolutely. too. Yeah. But understand the problem and understand the importance of solving it, I think, first, yeah. and then value the importance yeah. of solving it. So it has, and then, which leads to the third point, make sure that that value is steeped into the company Absolutely. culture. So is it, it, it isn't just a senior management thing or isn't just a, you know, let's, yeah. let's get the black people to do that thing. Absolutely. It's, it's wide-ranging. It is part of Absolutely. what the company does. Um, and fourth, recognize that it's going to be hard. Yes. Mm. yes. <laughs> you yes. can't solve this, you know, in a lecture or two. It's going to be hard yes. and it has to be yes. continuous, long-term work. Absolutely. I think that's a part that we that we often think, oh, you know, you know, in, in, in a couple of months it'll be solved. Recognize it's going to be hard. Yeah. And five, just keep doing it. Don't pack yourself on the back. Completely. It's it's it, we we are trying to be representative of the people that we speak to. Yep. You know, Absolutely. it's it, it's a mirror. Um, so, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's not easy. No. Um, and no. you know, I don't think we've so- solved it all in this podcast. No, I, no, I don't no, think no. we're going to. I but... have a feeling I may never work again in this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but honestly, guys, this has been this has been super helpful, and and I think I think it's going to be super helpful for for folks who listen to it as well. So, um, Great. yeah, just thank you. And uh, thank I, you. I guess the, the the last bit is if you guys have anything to plug, like you know. Um, what are you doing? <laughs> what's, what's what going on? Um, yeah, well, no, I was, I was just going to say, um, you know, as a disclaimer, I, I really do have a lot of best friends 
are white. Um, can that be my? Can that? Can that be my? That could be a plug. I, I, I'm passionate, but I come in peace, man. <laughs> I like that, Trish. Um, I'm on the. Oh, well, God, this feels weird. Um, I mean, yeah, I, it, that thing about continuing to do the work. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is something that I'm personally very interested in, and a number of people in our company are. Um, so all of the good work will happen internally, whether you hear about it or not. Hopefully, yeah. you will hear about some things. We're doing a lot around Pride Month, which is really really going to be awesome actually so check it out but um i am speaking on the the ame 2020 or bame 2020 yeah. however they call it um so that's in july so yeah. if you want to come then contact i think it's amanda yeah. at f1 so yeah awesome all right so well till next month uh, this has been fresh meat thank you awesome thank, thank you, you. Julian. Yay. 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 Woo. thank you guys <laughs>